Hey, gang, welcome back. Hey, everybody. So our guest today is a huge advocate of Arizona's parks and open spaces. Uh, he focuses his efforts to engage members of the Hispanic community in outdoor recreation while working to protect the Latino traditions that rely on parks and other public lands. And without organizations like the one he's representing today, our outdoor way of life will struggle to exist in future generations. He's a native Arizonan, a former member of the Arizona House of Representatives, and a veteran. Uh, Mark Cardenas, uh, welcome. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, we're so excited to talk to you and pick your brain today. I know you're a wealth of knowledge. And about being legislature, I uh, I refer to it as doing six years hard time at the legislature. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love that. That is, but I'm you know there's I'm sure there's some good things that came out of it too for for the people. <laughs> there was yes yes <laughs> okay. I was able to help people at a macro level, which is uh, something that not many people get the opportunity to do in their life. So yeah, really nice. for sure. So, in that vein, would you consider Echo a macro level or a micro level? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, how you engage with people is that you engage with people by empowering them. Um, and you empower them in terms of what we do by helping them realize that they were conservationists this entire time. They just didn't have the tools and the keys to... Uh, do, to do a little bit more. I mean, folks that grew up in uh, my background and, you know, central Phoenix, we didn't have the money to go to Disneyland or have the money to take a big vacation to Hawaii. Um, our vacations were to the Grand Canyon. They were to the Verde River to go camp. Um, and you realize that if you, you can convey that to people that them, them camping um, means a lot more than just going outside and throwing a sleeping bag on the ground. It's something that, you know, them camping realizes, helps them realize that the land that they camped on, the rivers that they, you know, explore, the trees that they are able to see and smell, um, those can and should be protected for future generations. And it takes all of us to be able to do that. And what better way to do that than to convey your stories of how you grew up, you know, being outside, um, whether it was going to the park or going to the Grand Canyon, you know, we're all, we're all conservationists at heart and outdoor enthusiasts. And so, um, we take that and help them advocate at a state level for more funding or whether at, you know, at the federal level for the, uh, land and water conservation fund, um, you help them do that. Um, and so they realize that there's this whole new world out there and a whole new way of advocating for themselves and their, you know, the future generations that come after us. Man, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, Mark, because, uh, um, I, I come from a, a similar background in the respect of when, as a kid, we, uh, you know, didn't go to Disneyland until I was a little bit older, you know, and we, instead of going places like that, we, we go camping. We spent a lot of time at Lynx Lake and Woods Canyon as a kid. And then as I, as I grew older, my appreciation for the outdoors was even more. And I think that, you know, it, the work that you're doing helps people understand that 
okay, well, it helps them get into the outdoors in a fashion that's not scary. And it's kind of takes the learning curve away a little bit for them to set them up for future successes so they can have more long-term enjoyment from the outdoors. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So, no, I just think think, that's really cool. I think the coolest coolest, uh, experience I had growing up was that we actually, um, my my family, my cousins, the aunts and uncles, my mom and such, brothers and sisters, we all actually drove all the way to Horseshoe Senegalate. Oh, yeah. camped there. That was my first experience, and it was, like, so incredible. I still remember it, uh, you know, being able to fish. I actually lost the net in the water because I forgot to tie it to something, but I didn't know Uh, that. Oh, no. I caught a huge (laughs) brown trout at that lake. Because of the experience, like I have a vested interest in protecting that lake and ensuring that, you know, it's there for other people to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what we've we've talked about that so much on this podcast with, with different guests. So I love that you're you're on the same page here. That is so cool. Um so tell us a little bit more about Echo and what do you do? What um what why are organizations like Echo important? Well, um, well, a little bit about ETCHO is that we actually started in uh, 2013, um, and this ETCHO stands for Hispanics Enjoying Camping, Hunting, and the Outdoors. Um, it was formed in order to uh, kind of fulfill our, our duty to conserve and protect our public lands and waters for future generations. So that's kind of our mission statement. It's a simple one, um, but... You know, it's all it's all about people using their experiences to protect our land, keep keep our water clean for other people to enjoy. Um, you know, as someone that lives in the city, I have a vested interest in having clean water as well um, and clean air. Um, and so, we work a lot within the uh, local Hispanic and Latino community um, to hold events, to hold briefings, uh, just very you know different things. Not only do we get them outside, but we have you know, kind of educational opportunities as well. Um, and we, we all do that um, in order to support, you know, the conservation of public lands, protect wildlife, and, you know, remote healthy watersheds and things like that. The biggest thing about, like, why we started is that, like, you have organizations like the League of Conservation Voters, the Sierra Club, they do great work. Um, but there's never been, like, a Latino-centered, focused um organization that kind of delivers the similar messages to what the Sierra Club does, but kind of from a Latino perspective. Now those organizations are coming around and getting getting better at it, um, but they do that by, you know, working with us to start conveying those types of messages, um, and you really get to empower, you know, the, the Hispanic community because, you know, they see those types of organizations as something that's, like, so huge and, like, they're doing all this work in D.C., um, and when you like empower them and say like, well, you're a conservationist as well. Um, let's, let's talk about your experiences and then see how we can use those experiences, experiences that do the same kind of advocacy work that those organizations are doing. And so it's just like this wonderful thing that, um, we've been able to grow and been able to do over the past eight years. And I really look forward to doing a little bit more of that. Oh yeah. And we hope you're able to do that for, for a long time. You know, so, uh, Mark, I, I, I have two questions, actually. The first one was kind of uh, something that we were talking about. We have about. lots of questions, I know, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first one is, uh, in, in the intro, I mentioned uh, working to protect the Latino traditions that rely on parks and other public lands. It, can you go into a little bit more detail about that, please? Sure. 
Um, so that kind of so, so there's a there's a connection to the land that you know Latinos have, especially in the Southwest, where a lot of us you know we've lived here for hundreds of years, um, and we've you know we've passed down the stories of you know in 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 my case I have a uh, I have a uh, great grandfather um, that was that was actually fought in the Mexican Revolution. And like the stories of you know them you know riding horses and fighting and living off the land like I you know those are the stories that you know when I go you know to the desert and you know to southern Arizona like who's to think that like you know my ancestors actually roamed those lands and camped there and lit a fire there and you know hunted for hunted to eat um, and you know it's just incredible to think that like. You know, those are the, those are, that's my tie to the Southwest, to the desert. Um, and so there's like, you know, people have those types of stories all the time where we have, you know, uh, a chapter in New Mexico where, you know, his gentleman's name is Rock. Rock, you know, he's one of the original, you know, families that settled in New Mexico back in, back when the Spanish first, uh, you know, were exploring that area. And so he has these wonderful stories and he still actually owns a ranch out there and rides horses and things like that. And so, you know, those are stories and that, that's a history that, you know, being able to turn that around into an advocacy uh, sense, like you can't beat that type of experience. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, thousands, hundreds of thousands of stories out there, and we just got to find them um, and, and elevate their voices. Man, I love it. So uh, let me ask you this then. Are people that come into and they want to be part of ECHO, do they typically uh, understand the connection with the, the history, or is that something that, that you guys uh, teach them about in the programming? Um, sometimes they do. Um, I, I would say that sometimes they have, they come with the stories, they come with the memories of growing up in, you know, the Southwest and camping, fishing, you know, et cetera. Um, and sometimes they come to a briefing where we talk about protecting, you know, the Grand Canyon from uranium mining, something like that. And they say, Hey, I want to be a part of that. Or they talk to, you know, we, we have a, you know, we have a briefing about, you know, polluted groundwater of the Navajo nation. And, they, you know, they don't necessarily have to have the familiar connection to the land, but we just want to get them engaged. And if it's, you know, if it's a story going to even the park in their neighborhood growing up, or if it's a story of, you know, going to the Grand Canyon, like those are the things that we want to uh, elevate and, you know, realize that they're a conservationist as well. And, you know, it's just this wonderful feeling when people realize that they they have the keys to advocate for themselves and for their family. So essentially, Echo welcomes people of all levels of uh, connection with the outdoors. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. That's if, awesome. If you've been outside, or even if you haven't been outside yet, <laughs> so <laughs> right. we welcome you because your voice is really important. Yeah. I hope absolutely. you've been outside, though. I love it. That's so cool. Um so you talked a little bit about um, the Southwest being so important in Latino culture. And I think that we see a lot of that, especially if you've been to parks, um, the Grand Canyon, places like that, and you kind of go through the gift shops or anything like that. We see so much of that because we have so much of that culture in our everyday lives here. 
Um, but I think it's really cool to hear like the stories of the outdoors that are behind that, because a lot of times we don't get those like full cultural experiences when we, you know, we see the keychains and things like that. Yeah. My, my dad's mom, my, my grandma, my dad's side has this story and she, she's not alive anymore. She was actually, she had my dad when she was like 45 and my dad's in his late fifties now, like 57 or 58. Um, but his birthday is the last day of the year, so I just get him a present the last day of the year. Um, she has a story of, uh, I remember when she was, you know, back in, back in living in Mexico when she was a child in the Mexican Revolution, and she would say that when people would, you know, when they would ride the horses in the town, they'd have to run and, like, bury all their valuables, um, you know, and hide their food, and they'd have to, like, go hide out in the desert. And, and it just, you know, that living history that you read in the textbook now, um, but I actually got to hear those stories firsthand and my grandmother, uh, you know, got to, had an experience that. Um, and so, you know, living, you know, the, just depending on the desert for survival, um, is just something that, you know, I got to hear firsthand. Um, and so there's, you know, our, our native American brothers to do that all the time. And a lot of people go out there and do the same thing. Um, so it's just kind of incredible to be a part of that you know what's crazy to me so uh, mark i was born and raised in arizona okay i've lived in a few different parts of the state and um i i know the state very well i know the history of the state very well and i think um for some reason i never made the connection of hispanic heritage and the land and there being a connection there because so long, like growing up, you hear about native American connection to the land and, you know, things like that. But somehow, I mean, in, in textbooks, maybe I was sleeping those days. I don't know, but it's just, it's not as much out there, but it makes total sense. And, you know, thanks for the epiphany today. Yeah. It's, it's the stories that I grew up getting to hear that I have the, um, the honor of being able to remember and share it. If I don't share it, then people aren't going to remember it. So I have to do it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked with uh, tribal monitors a few months back um, who are Native Americans who go out to cultural sites and make sure that um, they're being treated well and all of that good stuff. Um, and they had a similar story to tell about passing down those stories um, directly from their elders and hearing those stories firsthand um, like you did. So I think it's interesting so many of the parallels because this really is, at the end of the day, such a shared land. I mean, it has been for since the beginning of time. True. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a little familiar with the tribal monitor program that um, the State Parks has. And it's, you know, it's, it's the program, it's, it's, if I'm correct, it's the program where they kind of uh, work side by side with the actual, like, um, um, archaeologists and they just the tribal monitor just has brings a different perspective uh, because they know the land their families have been there their stories have been passed down they know you know the springs and the mountains and you know the plants that are there and you know something that i could totally just overlook as i'm walking in the desert like it means something to people it's and and a lot of the times it has a religious and cultural significance that like i just can't comprehend but i have to respect it yeah, exactly. hundred percent. No, I agree. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, another question I had for you, Mark was, uh, so have you noticed an influx of new people joining your organization after, uh, the whole COVID thing? Because we've noticed people, 
um, getting outdoors on a more regular basis. And this is something that, you know, we've asked other guests uh, a similar question, just kind of trying to get a, a pulse on the, the community. So have you noticed an influx? Um, yes. Um, so I would say that a lot of what we do is, you know, in-person meetings. And so with COVID as, you know, other, you know, businesses, groups, organizations out there, they have to be a little bit um, creative about how they continue to engage the membership. Um, and so we, so we have as well, um, we have the benefit of being able to do our stuff outdoors, which is really nice. Um, and so, you know, there's been, you know, bird, so something simple as going, going bird watching or going on a hike. Um, we've been able to organize things like that. And then sometimes we, you know, before COVID, we would, you know, go to a building or classroom and then have kind of a, you know, a slideshow presentation, some movies, of, some videos of interviews of folks, um, you know, talking about their land. It's important. So we, we can't do that right now. Um, but we look forward to being able to return to doing that again. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all kind of getting back to that too. Um, a mm -hmm. lot of our events have come back to parks and things. Um, so yeah, it is, we do have the benefit of being outdoors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> so in you that same... Engage, uh, the people that are interested because the state parks is, you know, prime example. You have, you have a lot of open space to do uh, what you do every day. So yeah. Really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, do you have any cool events coming up? How can people get involved with ECHO and how can they, um, learn more about you? Well, um, first I would say that if you want to go to our website, our website is called echoonline.org. Um, what you can do is that you, I would say just first, uh, you know, read a little bit about us, our vision, values, our mission. Um, and then at the end, um, you can actually sign up for our newsletter. Um, I actually recently took over as kind of the face for Echo in Arizona. The um, the previous uh, person who had been doing it for years and organizing our events was a woman named well, is a woman named Liz Archuleta, but she got hired by um, the USDA, um, and so she works directly for the Secretary of Agriculture. So it's really really Sweet. cool thing that she's doing now. Um, so I just recently started. Um, we you know the, my my team and I we've been discussing doing something like a midnight. Uh, kayak trip, uh, you know, going going hiking outside, and and we appreciate the connection to state parks because you know we're just looking at it. I mean, you have you know, the lot the lost specimen that we'd love to uh, you know when, once it cools down, uh, we'd love to partner on doing something there, and then like the, the Tonto Natural Bridge as well. That, that would, those are just wonderful things that we'd love to partner on. But yeah, we. We're in the we're in the planning stages now. That things are kind of getting back to normal a little bit, and people are emerging from their homes. Um, so, uh, go to our website, sign up for our email list, and then we'll be in touch very soon. Nice, and we'll have links for your website on the the show notes. And uh, do you want to share your social media with people also? So, so I know our social media on Instagram is also Etcho Online, um, and then but at the at the end of the day, like. If you go to our website and want to follow, uh, keep in touch with us on social media, all you have to do is scroll to the bottom of the page, and then okay. there is the um, links to our Facebook page, Twitter, and um, Instagram as well. So just click on there and then give us a follow. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, well, Mark, we really appreciate your time today, man. And, uh, you know, this was kind of a, a bittersweet day for us here at this office because it's actually – the last time we were going to record at the the North Phoenix office, yeah. we're, we're moving downtown. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. So it'll be cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we appreciate your time and uh, you're awesome. Keep doing a good job out there, man. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. I really appreciate the time today and uh, thank you for what you all are doing, protecting our state parks and keeping them open for, you know, families to enjoy. It's a, it's a really important uh, job that you all are doing every day. So, you know, if you live in a, if you do a thankless job, um, you always got to make sure to thank folks like Gary so often. <laughs> Yeah, you do great work. Well, and likewise, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We just wanted to remind you to go ahead and rate and review us. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, and if you do, each month we'll pick a winner for a free parks pass or other really cool park swag. Definitely. That sounds like fun. What else can they do, Neil? Well, they can visit azstateparks.com and check out all the cool stuff on the website. That sounds great. And don't forget to join the Facebook group at Explore AZ State Parks. And we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.